Welcome to Beyond the Crops, the podcast where we share the real and raw behind the scenes of conventional farming and what it's like to raise a family on America's backroads. I'm Jenna. And I'm MP. In this episode, we dive deep into the trenches of motherhood on the farm, postpartum life, and how we don't actually juggle it all. We also chat about how both of us have had help with our mental health. All right, Jenna, I have a question for you today because I just ate lunch super late. What is your favorite cracker to eat with cheese? Okay, there's these, uh, I cannot think of the brand off the top of my head, but they're rosemary and sea salt and they're phenomenal. Is it a Triscuit? No, I think it's like a Simple Mills or something like that. I should look it up. Yes, I would like to know. They're so good. What about you? Well, I kind of like to be diverse in my cracker choosings, and today I had just the original Toll House, which is a good go-to, but if I'm doing like a sharp cheddar with honey, I like a, like a very thin, crispy like rice cracker that has like no flavor because I don't want it to take away from the cheese and the honey combo. I feel like you take your cracker pairing with <laughs> cheese as serious as like people take which wine they should eat with which meat they're going to eat, <laughs> or which wine they should drink with whatever meat. <laughs> I do, actually, and I'm not a wine drinker, so I can't really relate to that, like, people's wine preferences, so, yeah, I guess maybe that's why I care so much about the cracker. That is awesome. See, I don't eat a ton of gluten, so (laughs) I'm kind of weird about the crackers, too. I like nut thins. Do you you eat nut thins? Mm, Yep, those are good. They're pretty crunchy, but I do like them. I like the crunch once in a while. Anyway, okay, that was my question. For a random it. question of the day. <laughs> okay, so this episode is going to be a little different than the first two that we shared with you. Um, I think whenever I ask questions on or ask for questions on my social media, there's a common theme in motherhood and balancing life on the farm and just being a farm mom because it's kind of a unique role that we're in right? Very unique. And I feel like every farm mom, farm wife has a unique role from farm to farm. Like no two are the same. Yes. So, I mean, today we're going to dive into different topics relating to being a farm mom and hopefully just share some of our experiences and maybe inspire you on your journey. And yeah, I don't really know where this conversation is going to go. It's a super off the cuff episode and I'm really excited for it. Let's dive in. Okay. What's your uh, biggest tip for a first-time farm mom Hmm. or farm wife? I guess you could honestly give both because they'd be two different pieces of advice, I feel like. Yeah, and I would say it depends on two, like, "Mm, this is hard, Jenna. Because I would say, like, when I became a mom, like, my whole perspective of life changed. So, um, yeah, I don't know where to start. Maybe I have to think on this one a little bit. Well, okay, my biggest tip for a first-time farm wife is to not have set expectations on time, when he's going to be home, when you're going to eat supper, like be flexible. I told myself I was going to be flexible, but I didn't truly embrace that until I'd been married for probably four or five years. And I feel like it's still hard sometimes to accept that he's probably not going to be home when he says he gets home and to give the man some grace and that... It's a lifestyle, not a job. And because it's a lifestyle, not a job, he can't really clock in and out. So uh, that's been something that I get better at each year. And so I feel like I would tell my younger self, like, chill out, Jenna. He's going to be home. He's not trying to make you mad. He's not trying to come home late. He's literally just working hard to give us the best life possible. This helped me so much think about that first time or farm wife advice yeah. But I don't I don't think I have a good perspective because when Josh and I were first married, um, I had my own career and we were honestly when I think back to that time of my life, we were very disconnected as a couple. It it didn't like negatively affect our relationship. We were just both so busy that we I don't know, like we just didn't really I don't know, we weren't really concerned about a lot of things with each other. Like we kind of lived very solo lives, even though we were married, 
we lived further from the farm at that time too, so like a 30 minute drive, which doesn't sound like a lot, but you experienced this with Levi. It's kind of a lot oh, during yeah. harvest. <laughs> he pouted. I can't believe I had to drive 20 <laughs> minutes to the farm. I'm like, normal people commute that and sometimes an hour plus to work. Well, this is different, yes. Jenna. I'm like, I know you've just lived on the farm your whole life. So this is an adjustment. <laughs> he only got yeah, one speeding when... ticket in that time we lived away from the oh, farm. That's honestly pretty good. It was just humbling for him because it was a road that there's cops on frequently because I think that people frequently speed on it. And he told me the moment we started dating, never speed on this road when you're coming to see me, like you're going to get pulled over. And then he got pulled over on that road. (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. I love that story. He's like, I know, don't even say anything. I know when he got the speeding ticket. (laughs) Oh, that's rough. But it is like, especially during those long hour days and It is a lot to have a commute like that. And when we were trying to figure out where we wanted to live, I didn't really want to live that close to the farm. But another fun fact, I wasn't sure I'd ever want to be a mom. So I didn't, yeah, I didn't know about the support that you need when you have kids or like how nice it is to have that support. Uh So yeah, a lot changed for me when we had kids. And that's, I think why I probably don't have the best advice for a farm wife is because I was doing my own thing and yeah, he was farming and I missed being with him and all that stuff. But like, there wasn't a lot of the, like when we didn't, there was a lot of things we did separately. Uh Uh-huh. So my grandma, we've spoken about her before, but she's 95 farm, farm girl raised, married a farmer. And she told my cousin and I, who both are girls in our family, that the entire family thought we'd never marry a farmer. We had big city dreams. We weren't going to live in Nebraska or a small town. And we both live in towns of like less than a hundred people and married farmers. <laughs> Anyways, at our bridal awesome. showers, she told both of us that there's going to be times when he gets home late or something didn't go as planned or he's stressed out from the farm and we're going to want to say something and I'm going to have, we need to learn to bite our tongue sometimes. And that's been good advice because <laughs> I'm a pretty hard headed person and grew up. I don't know. My parents told me I should be a lawyer someday at one point because I'm good at standing up for myself. And Mm -hmm. that was something I really had to learn too, was like, give the man some grace, bite your tongue, pick your battles. What's worth fighting. Yes. That's very true. And you think about like putting ourselves in their shoes, especially during these busy seasons, how much they have on their plates, how much can we add to it without Mm -hmm. being selfish and like really understanding where they're coming from. Right. Yeah. I feel like too, the more I'm married, the more I see the season coming and I start talking about it ahead of time. Like, okay, what are you thinking? Where's your mm-hmm. head at? Is there anything you need to get off your chest before we get into this really busy season? Cause if you're already stressed about something and then you dive into a busy season, that's hard on the whole family. Those other things are just going to explode. And so I feel like the longer I'm married, I'm way more intentional about thinking about the hard stuff ahead of time. And prepping him, prepping myself, like, what do we need to talk about before we get into this busy season so that we can all come out of this? Okay. Yeah, I think that's huge. And I guess it would lead me into like the the farm mom tip is Uh communication and connection with your spouse. Like keeping that up. Um, I have a really hard time during the busy seasons with FOMO. (laughs) Like I want to be out there enjoying the action and I have a hard time staying home with the kids and not being out there doing stuff. So I try, one of the ways that I've tried to get more involved is through communication with my spouse and asking constantly, what can I be doing to help you today? Right. Or even, even if it's not on the farm, just think, what do you need today? Like, what do you need from me? It might be nothing on the farm. It might be can I have a big hug before I leave? Like it might be something so simple, but it might be too. Mm -hmm. Or can you pay this bill? Can you take care of this? So that's one less thing I have to think about. It can be something so small, but I think just that checking in Mm -hmm. and then them knowing that we're thinking about them, we're on their team. Like that helps. I feel like as for a farm mom, my kids literally trump me. They always want to be in the tractor or the combine. They're always out there with Levi. They take their naps out there. So I get FOMO too, but it's not because I'm home with the kids. It's because Levi gets the kids and then I'm just at home like, okay, there's not room in the tractor for all of us all day long. (laughs) That is huge. And that was actually the next point I was going into. So this is perfect because um, when you bring the kids to the field, remember it's for them, not you. And we, I really like to make sure to plan 
a time where someone else has my kids to go in the tractor with my husband and have some alone time when it gets, especially mm-hmm. when like you get to those long weeks where you aren't taking any breaks. And I know like for some of you listening, I'm sure depending on your support system and what you have around you, that seems really daunting because you might feel alone or like you don't have someone try to think outside of the box. It doesn't have to be an in-law. It does. It could be a friend you could find a babysitter and pay them. I know that that can be a strain on some families, but think about the pros and the cons and how you can maybe make it work for your family because that time is so important to connect. And it's easy to say, date your spouse. You need to go on a date every month or a date every week or whatever. And Levi and I said we would go on at least one date a month. That has not happened, but we do try to do something. There's definitely months and months where it doesn't happen, but in these busy times of year, like if I have an appointment or something and I have a babysitter lined up for that, I'll just go see Levi before or after that when he's in the field. So I try to like stack that, stack those things where I can use my babysitter efficiently. Mm-hmm. That's so smart. And I like what you said about when you take the kids, it's for them, not for you, because I have so many times taken the kids and it ended up being so stressful and such a mess and I just left so irritated and feeling like the victim but that's a great mindset to have like that's core memories for them Mm-hmm. yeah it's hard it can be very hard and I think I talked about this on my stories one day but again this is why we're doing the podcast so these topics don't just disappear but I really feel like we can be in the trenches, especially, I don't know why, but the nighttime is just so hard getting the kids to bed, getting teeth brushed, reading the books, all of the things. And sometimes it's this huge battle and I just sit there and I'm like, oh, why can't we just trade spots this one time? Like, it's obviously not a possibility, especially planting and there's just too many moving parts for that to happen. But I know that my husband feels the same way and he misses the kids too. So I try to keep that as a conscious thing on my mind. You're right. And bedtime is hard, especially when they're late in the field a lots of nights in a row because then my kids will be like, why isn't daddy home? And I'm not Mm -hmm. proud of some of the things I've said or done when that has gotten really stressful because I remember one time I was like, this is our life. Do you want to farm? We can just sell everything and move to town if you want your daddy to be home every night. And then the kids are crying like, no, we want to farm. And yeah, obviously we're not going to sell everything and move to town, but it is in that moment, it feels so heavy and overwhelming. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I can agree on not being proud and having moments of explosion. And sometimes, like, you know, they say, take the pause, take the breath. And sometimes you just can't get there. Mm-hmm. And that's okay. <laughs> yeah. I have one um, too, I will tell- though. Go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> well, Ashley, who I work with, and I know you work with too, one tip that she gave me is... When I do kind of blow up on my kids or get mad or say something that ends up hurting their feelings, the kid's going to remember the follow-up more than anything. So if you circle yes. back and say, I am so sorry, mommy was overwhelmed, I was stressed, I needed a moment, will you forgive me or let's talk this through? I started doing that and it's amazing how my kids are, it's okay, mom, I, I know, it's okay. And Ashley taught me that I think like 80% of the time or like 80% of it is in the follow-up, that's what they're going to remember. I remember that lesson from her. And then above and beyond that, what I've been trying to work on now after the apology is how can we do better in the future? Like, especially with my four and a half year old, like he knows a lot now. So if we had a hard time getting to bed or if I blew up at him because he wouldn't brush his teeth or whatever it is, how can mommy make it easier to brush teeth in the future. Like what would, you know, that kind of thing. And obviously like a four and a half year old doesn't always have the right answers. Like, oh, I just don't want to brush my teeth, mom. But getting them in the mindset, like I want to be a partner in this with you and like we're working together on this buddy, you know? Oh yeah, then they don't feel alone in it either. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Ashley is a godsend. If anyone listening doesn't know who we're talking about, Ashley is by Ashley Machado on Instagram and she is a mental health professional specifically working with people in agriculture and she is incredible. Yes, she's so great. She's been a lifesaver for me. We're going to have to have her on the podcast for sure someday to talk about mental health and egg. Yes, definitely. And honestly, I haven't shared that I've worked with her yet, but I don't think that I would have worked with a counselor had I not known so many other people who do and like that it's normal 
and it's been super helpful. Oh, I'm the same way too. No shame or pride. Like you don't need to be prideful about that. No, I agree. Precision Planting has a really cool motto or tagline, if you will, believe in better. We're proud to be partnered with Precision Planting because not only do they believe in the future of farming, but they also believe in and support the women in agriculture. They believed in us and this podcast before it even launched, and we are so grateful to be aligned with a company that is true to our values. What does it mean to believe in better? Believing in better is a mindset to pursue excellence in everything you do. It's welcoming opportunities to improve your farm and knowing that your best season is simply a starting point for this season. Precision Planting is for farmers like you who believe in better. Thank you so much to Precision Planting for being our launch sponsor. Should we go into like some postpartum advice or... Yes, we should, because you're in that season of life right now. Mm-hmm. And I feel like I cleared that out of my head so quickly, but let's talk about it. What is some okay. of the best postpartum re- advice you received? Well, actually one of, so I'm a labor nurse by trade. I don't work full time anymore, but that was a huge part of my life for a really long time. Uh, and one time I heard a midwife tell a patient that when you go home, your job is to feed your baby. Make sure you eat, feed yourself, feed your baby. You don't need a vacuum. You don't need to worry about anything else. As long as you're feeding your baby and feeding yourself and sleeping when you can, you're doing enough. And I think that opened my eyes to, uh, or that was just very good postpartum advice to me. Like go home, don't be overwhelmed. Don't feel like you're not doing enough because you're not doing all the things like your body's healing. And as long as you're feeding your baby, you're doing enough. And with each kid, I've gotten a little bit better at giving myself that healing grace, that time to heal and bond with my baby and truly rest. Like pregnancy and labor is so such a marathon and your body needs to recover from that. And I feel like today's society gets so caught up in bouncing back into all of the things that we were doing and don't necessarily give the new mom enough grace to heal and rest. And sometimes it does take a mom standing up for herself and saying, no, I need to sleep. I need to rest. Like I can't do it all right now. And that's okay. Yeah. It's, I haven't really thought this through much, like I said, because I've been out of postpartum for a while now, but it was very hard for me mentally, just like feeling like you can't do as much as you normally do. Right. Um, I would say, accept any help that you can get, especially for me. It was super nice after the second baby having meals when you already have one. Oh, the meal thing, like one of the best things that was ever done for me was they threw, I didn't have a shower after I had before my second, but it was like they threw a party where everybody brought a meal for my freezer. Kick butt. Like that was a great. I remember you posting about that. That's a really cool way to kind of shower the new mom. Yes. I loved that. It was so awesome. We've done it for other family members now too, to help them. Yeah, our church always lines up at least five meals after you have the baby and you can kind of pick when they come. And then I feel like with each kid, I may, I don't know if I, tur- I don't think I ever turned people down with after we had Stetson, our oldest, but definitely this third time I've been very intentional. If somebody offers, I'm like, yep, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Won't turn it down. No. Don't put that pride on the back burner for now. <laughs> absolutely. Levi can't stop talking about the meals either. It's kind of funny. He told somebody, he said, I think we got at least 15 meals brought to us. And I said, well, we did get a lot, but I made some of those. There wasn't 15 different families that brought us food. (laughs) Oh, Levi. I love that. Okay. Can you think of any other like baby related advice, like having a baby on the farm? There was a question about must have baby items. I don't know if you have anything off the top of your mind for that. Like for the farm specifically or just in general? Maybe in general. I really like my baby wrap where I can take the baby with me because I like to go out and kind of see what they're doing during during chores around the yard and stuff. And if you're carrying your baby, you only have one hand. So to like wrap your baby to you. I wasn't very comfortable with that with uh, Stetson, but our last two babies I've been, that's been huge. Yes, I liked that too for the beginning when they're still pretty little. Um, but then when they get bigger and like can sit up and stuff, I liked the Ergo Baby because you can wear them on your back too. Oh, yeah. And that also fit my husband too. So they either of us could take one of the kids. And we actually used the Ergo Baby a lot um, if the kids were in equipment too. Oh, sure. To strap them in. 
Yeah. Uh, I've also, with each kid, I feel like I embrace less is more, a lot more. Mm -hmm. We don't need all of the baby things. I've minimized the amount of clothes we have in each size. The kid wears the same thing over and over again anyways. And I feel like having less of everything is a lot less overwhelming. Oh my goodness. Should we talk about decluttering? (laughs) (laughs) Do we have time for that? (laughs) I mean, as far as like getting into, I mean, we can, if we think of more must have baby items, we will definitely share. But like when it comes to the question that I get so often is how do you juggle it all? Kids, farm, business, house chores. Decluttering has literally changed my life and how I manage my home. And I know that like, it's gotta be daunting. It was daunting for me when I first started, but like it's cut down on the amount of time it takes for me to clean up and just, I, I should, I could go into the whole thing, but like I tried a house cleaner this winter and it did not work out for me. It was actually not good, not a good experience, but yeah, I don't know if I really want to get into the nitty gritty details of it, but (laughs) uh, I, I, no shame. I have a house cleaner. She doesn't come super consistently, but it makes me so happy. And Levi was resistant to it at first, but I think he realizes the weight that it takes off of me. Even my kids will say, Mom always so happy after the house cleaner comes. And I'm like, yeah, she is. Mama likes oh, to clean see, the house. This is, I'm not giving up totally on my house cleaner adventures because I had one bad experience doesn't mean that all of them are going to be bad. But I did realize something really big after that is I think I enjoy... I enjoy keeping my house, but I couldn't handle all of my stuff and keeping my house. So the decluttering adventure kind of helped me for now, but I, I definitely won't rule out having that kind of help in the future. Good for you. Yeah, it's not fair to, to rule out all house cleaners just based off one. Yeah, I think each of us, I think it would be valuable maybe, hopefully, for each of us to kind of talk about how, like, what kind of support we have in place to juggle it all, even though we don't really actually juggle at all. I think absolutely. That's kind of, we only share certain things on social media, right? So maybe why don't you break down like the support and how you have things set up to live on the farm, run your business, all that stuff. Absolutely. So I, I, I don't want to say I hate when people say, how do you do it all? Cause I don't hate it, but I guess okay. I feel like people, women always want to know, how do you balance things? How do you balance it all? And I feel like I don't truly have things balanced, I have help and I accept help and I don't do it all. (laughs) My husband and I are very much a team and he's very good about uh, taking the boys when he can. Obviously there's sometimes safety issues with farming and it's simply not safe for the boys to go along. And so we recognize that. Um, And I've, I've always said we truly a family farm. My husband and I farm with his parents and my mother-in-law is a huge help. She's usually our first line babysitter. When I worked full time, she took the boys in the evenings. And then when I would sleep the next day and was a godsend. And since I've stepped back from working, I do, I don't have a set schedule with her, but I do still ask her if I need help covering the boys for something. And then in the summer, we always hire a high school girl or boy to help with stuff around the yard. Like we, we've had somebody to help mow the past few years while we have little kids. Or I'll, and we have a babysitter usually one day, if not two days a week, so that I can either catch up with Levi, do social media stuff, keep up on the yard, all, whatever type of things. Like we definitely invest in somebody to help in that aspect. That's awesome. And you use a house cleaner. Anything else that you guys oh, use yeah. to like, support? Yep. Um, hmm. A lot of women do. I think it's yeah. not uncommon. You know, My mom did I, when we were kids. So Stetson's a kindergartner and so thankful our little Christian school that he goes to. Kindergarten is only Monday, Wednesday, Friday. So he has Tuesday, Thursdays off. And one of his buddy's moms, who I'm good friends with, uh, sometimes will swap Tuesday, Thursday. So she'll take my kids on Tuesday, and then I can get stuff done, and then I'll take the kids on Thursday. So that's a good thing to look into, too, with other moms in your area. If they have a day off, you can swap kids and get stuff done that way. That's awesome. A great idea, for sure. Yeah. So I definitely don't juggle at all, either. I have help. I bring my kids to daycare, uh, like at least two days a week. If it's super busy and I'm helping in the field, sometimes three days a week. Um, 
But I, I kind of have this weird thing where if I take them more than two days, I get weird. Like I start to get mom guilt and stuff. Um, that's a, that's a me thing, but I do need the time without them to do stuff from both of my businesses and manage like social media stuff, you know? Um, and then we, our in-laws are very supportive. So my mother-in-law lives like two miles away and she's like the savior. If I ever run into something and need help, she's there for me. Like, and especially overnight type of stuff, she's always there. Um, she also has two other sets of grandkids, so I do have the separate daycare for them because I don't want to always have the pressure on her, but I do. Our kids have such a great relationship with their grandparents, and that's been a really beautiful thing. And I had a really close relationship with my grandma, too, so I really love seeing that for them. Um, one thing I do that has been helpful is I, I do try to keep stuff picked up throughout the week, but I try to plan one day a week where it's like my reset day, so I... If I did have a housekeeper, this would be the day that she would do it. But I try to do that, and it's in the off-season. It has kind of landed on Friday for me so that our house is kind of ready for the weekend and I'm not thinking about all the cleaning stuff that I should be doing. So that is, like, as far as house chores go, I try to make, like, one day where I'm kind of ripping through all the stuff that really needs to get cleaned. Something um, that helps me is I... And I I, this was not my original idea. I can't remember who I heard it from, but I don't do all the laundry at once, especially when we're in the busy seasons. I'll like start our washer has a delay setting. So I'll throw something in and I'll delay it to get done at like six in the morning. And then when I wake up, I switch it to the dryer and then there's like, it's like one load of laundry to deal with a day, not like five or six. And it seems crazy, (laughs) but it is so helpful. I try to do, I don't, do laundry on my like work days as much but when I'm home with the kids I try to constantly be switching stuff out yeah we live very close to my in-laws and they are a huge help like I Levi's dad had Crawford this morning while I was doing things and I'm thankful for that aspect of our lifestyle for sure during the busy seasons where it's not feasible for our kids to be in the equipment 24 7 I do sometimes ask my parents ahead of time like hey if you have a day off if you, don't, if you don't have any plans or appointments, do you want to come hang with the kids for a day or something like that? So we try to utilize all of our parents and family as much as we can. And to just give, kind of create that time with all the sets of grandparents as well. Yes, that's one thing I feel, a li- I'm sure that someone listening can relate to this. Like if they moved away from their family to marry their spouse and... Like I would probably pin so much stuff, more, more stuff on my parents if I could because... You know, it's just different when you're asking your parents versus your in-laws, I feel like, for me anyway. Absolutely, yeah. I feel less guilty for being like, hey, Dad, can you help me? <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I'm on my way with so the I kids, feel that thanks. Sometimes. <laughs> yes, I feel that sometimes. But, again, the reason that we have our daycare lady is for that, too. Like, I don't have my parents nearby, so we, I mean, it's, we're at a place where Financially, it makes sense for us to take them two days a week and get Mm -hmm. that little separation to get more done. So it's also cheaper than a counselor. Sorry, Ash, if you're listening. (laughs) Like you can buy. (laughs) I have both, so I can't say, but it is a great mental health break if you need it. And if you can find somewhere that is cost effective. I know rural daycare and like childcare is hard. We actually found ours. I can't even remember. I think it was like through it was like an accredited in-home daycare but you just got our small town that's closest to us up until a couple years ago there was literally zero formal daycare options it was literally asking another stay like a stay-at-home mom to watch your kids or uh there is a few in-home daycares but they were all full and older ladies kind of not necessarily going to be doing it forever and uh there's Actually, our small town's very unique, and like a lot of young families have moved back and tried to keep their roots here. And so, p- families just kind of banded together and took it to the city. And we're like, if you want people to stay here, you have to do something about daycare. And so now there are two mm-hmm. more formal daycares, but uh, it just hasn't made sense for us to go that route yet. Yeah, that's crazy. I guess the answer, the short sum it up answer to that is we don't juggle at all. We have help, yeah. and we're not afraid to ask for help. It can be hard to ask for or help. Accept, oh my goodness. Or not afraid but... to accept help. Mm-hmm. I remember after I had Crawford, my mom said, 
we were coming, we got home from the hospital and she said, okay, I'll come tomorrow. And I was, a part of me wanted to say, no, mom, we're going to be fine for the weekend. Like just come on Monday. And she said, no, I'm going to come tomorrow. I was so thankful she just showed up the next day because I was in the trenches with a newborn. And the one to two transition is hard because now for the first time in his life, Stetson did not want to go with his dad to work. He wanted to stay home with me. And it's very overwhelming when you just have a baby. And so I was so thankful that my mom just showed up and was there to help with Stetson. That's awesome. Yeah. My parents were there when we had Harper too. I feel like I just overloaded myself and it was just stressful. And they knew it too. They could see. But (laughs) yeah. One thing that I've, I know you said postpartum was really hard for you. After my first kid, it was super easy. After Crawford, it was hard. And granted, I am well trained and educated on postpartum depression and anxiety as a labor nurse. We, I literally teach my patients about it, every single patient I ever worked with. And then teaching their spouse too, like you need to be her advocate if she starts to be sad or not getting out of bed or not taking care of herself, da da da. Like I was well educated in it and I was probably six to nine months in with Crawford before I finally realized like, oh my gosh, I have let this get too far. I am not in a great place. Like I need to look for help. And that was eye-opening to me and it made me scared or sad for all of the other women out there because I'm surrounded by other women at work too that are well-educated in it. And still sometimes we just silently suffer and don't let the world or our circle know that we're struggling. That's crazy. Sometimes I wonder if I wasn't, I mean, you know, they have different levels like postpartum depression or baby blues or whatever. I always told Mm -hmm. myself I just have the baby blues. Oh, yeah. I feel like we can easily write stuff off on how But technically, feeling. the baby blues doesn't really last more than like 10 to 14 days. See, I don't, I didn't know that. <laughs> yeah. Like if it goes beyond, there is like that, like a hormonal shift when the placenta detaches that definitely causes that. And I like, I don't know why I'd get home from the hospital. I just stare at my baby and cry for no reason. <laughs> oh, me that too. would last. Whole, 100% I did that. That would last a couple days. And I feel like that's truly the baby blues. I think I had more than that then too and just didn't know it. Right. And I was, I am, I'm a worrier by nature. I've always kind of worried more than the average, I feel like. Um, And then after I had my second kid, it was terrible. And I would, I don't know, I'd kind of call it intrusive thinking. Like I would just always be thinking about the worst case scenario. Like, oh my gosh, what if I fell down the stairs holding my baby and something terrible happened to him? Or like, what if I'm driving down the road and somebody crosses the center line and hits us? Like crazy things like that. And so working with Ashley, this has been a really good tip I want to pass on to moms in the postpartum season or really any season of life, like recognizing what's facts and what's fear and like pushing the unrealistic things away. Like what is true in this moment? Like what's true in this moment? I am capable of walking down the stairs without tripping and the chances of me dropping my baby are so slim. Like I can safely get my baby down the stairs and just telling myself that has helped retrain my brain and kind of push those thoughts away. And it's been hard to like every, like I, you literally have to be intentional about it every single time. Something like a thought like that pops into your head, like push it away, but like slowly it's gotten better and it's made me way less worried and anxious. And the, like over time I get less and less thoughts like that. Jenna, I'm staring at you right now because this is hitting me. (laughs) Son of a God probably something I need to work through with Ashley but I struggle with this too and I don't know why it's like become it wasn't like right after I had Harper or anything like this is kind of a new thing for me but and this is maybe too much to share but whatever this is the podcast we're sharing it I the other night was sitting home Hank was still with Josh and I had put Harper to bed and I heard sirens like fire sirens and all I could think was something happened to my baby on the farm like my heart rate just went and I like really felt that oh that happens to me too anytime I see sirens at all I'm like okay where is my husband right now I just Mm -hmm. talked to him on the phone I know he wasn't an act like it's crazy yeah I think I got those are just a few examples like you could think of the most worst case scenario thought like I promise you I've had it and it is scary. And I know I'm not the, I think I told myself like, Oh, Jenna, you're just a crazy worrier. Like you need to get over that. But I'm, (laughs) I obviously am not the only one that has those thoughts. And, um, it is a scary, scary thing. And if you don't address it, I feel like I wasn't addressing it with Crawford. And then it was just getting more and more and more overwhelming. And it was consuming my days to the point where I was just like paralyzed. Mm Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, I don't know what it is, but this time of year really sparks that worry and fear in me too. Uh-huh. I think it's just knowing how much is on everybody's plates and like where their minds are and just worried about what if something gets slipped or missed or whatever. Right. Like, mm. yeah, there's a lot, a lot of mental load in egg. It is a for lot. Sure. For any Even mom, Even when really. my kids play Not outside, like I remember one of the examples I gave Ashley is like, oh, my kids were playing in my front yard. I usually make them play in the backyard. A semi went by and then I was, all that could think through my head was like, oh my gosh, are my kids too close to the road? And then I yell at them and then was that necessary or could I just have told myself, we've educated them. Stetson always makes sure nobody is too close to the road. I've done my best to make sure that they're prepared to protect themselves on the farm. I can trust them. It just takes a lot of reassurance to myself and talking myself out of those scary thoughts. That's huge. Ugh, something I definitely need to work on mm-hmm. for sure. Cause I don't want our kids to live in fear either. I know. I want them to be aware, but I don't want them to be always fearful. There needs to be a healthy fear on the farm for sure, but I don't want them to be like paralyzed by it like I have been. Yeah. Oh, dang. Dang, this is definitely <laughs> some deep stuff. When I was talking about, like, after Crawford, how it got hard, and um, I would get paralyzed, and it literally got to the point I was laying on the couch and just couldn't be productive. And I think I went to Sam's Club with both kids, and I had, like, they were – it was just very overwhelming and I couldn't handle it. And somebody, I was pushing my car out of the store and I'd gotten a swing to hang up on a tree outside of our house. And Crawford was sitting in there and somebody said, you need to watch where you put your baby. That zip tie on that swing could poke him in the eye. And it was triggering for me. Cause then I just felt like I was the worst person ever. And then I'm walking to the car and I'm pushing this cart full of stuff and I have both of the kids and somebody else stop. And then I look up and there was a car that was literally about to back into the cart that had both of my kids in it and me. And so I stopped and I was like, oh my gosh, cause I didn't see that car backing out. I don't really feel like I was at fault in that moment. Like I was paying attention. And then yeah. I drove a pickup at the time. And so I have these two kids and I'm a damsel in distress and I'm trying to get everything loaded in the pickup. And this sweet man that saw me almost get hit came over and he's like, can I help you load your pickup? And I was like, no, I'm fine. Looking back, I should have just accepted the help. But I remember getting home that night and then being so overwhelmed and defeated and just laying on the couch. And then Levi was saw me and he's like, Jenna, like, how can I help you? Like, what, what's going on here? Like, do we need to, do you need to talk to somebody? Like, what do you need to do? And that was kind of the moment where I realized I couldn't do it by myself anymore. And then I contacted one of our midwives and I did get on medication for a while because I couldn't handle it all. Uh, and that was a trial and error that I didn't like the side effects. I got headaches from some of them, but then I finally found something that worked for me. And it was like liberating to feel like I had my life back a little bit and to just kind of recognize that, it's okay to ask for help and that next time I'm not going to wait so long if that happens again. That's awesome. I mean that you're sharing that and right. Like, it's not uncommon. I think the more we can be open about what we do as moms, the better like that we're able to help other moms in our same situations. And I had a moment similar to that. I don't mean to take away from what you just shared because it was, that is heavy and big. I, had a day where like the one to two transition was so hard and I'm not even going to find out what two to three is like you are right now, (laughs) but one to two was very hard. I had Harper. She was an infant and we were getting out of like a farm and fleet and Hank was throwing the biggest fit. It's so nerve wracking as a mom to have like those tantrum moments in a parking lot. Instant armpit sweat. (laughs) Yes. So thankfully I did have someone help me in that moment that offered, it was a lady that offered and I was very hesitant to accept because the world we live in these days, you know, scary people. Anyway, she helped me get to the car and get my kids safely in the car, but it's no joke. Like trying to juggle more than one and the emotions and the people in public, like, I can't believe someone said that to you. And just, I don't know. It's she meant well, but it was just, I was not in a place to receive that kind of criticism. (laughs) Oh, I don't blame you. Or that you. Oh, kind goodness, of advice. <laughs> yeah. Goodness. Yeah. The trigger that caused me to get help with my mental health this winter was blowing up at my kids. I had like a panic attack and told Hank to oh. shut up. 
and I felt oh, I've been there. I, oh, it's awful. And I just remember thinking awful. after that, I was like, I can't keep living like this. I can't. I don't want to be this mom. Like I want to be. I want to be better. And right. <laughs> I don't know. You're like you said. You're doing the best you can with the tools you have in that moment. And if someone can help you develop those tools to manage yourself better, like get the help you need. Uh huh. And I think too, I was, I kept brushing off that like, Oh, like my, it's not that bad. I don't have that much, but talking through Ashley, she was just like validating, like how much was on my plate, how many hard things I was dealing with at the time. And I think talking to somebody to like validate that, yeah, there's worse things. Like, yeah, there's moms that have very sick kids and, uh, women that have lost their husbands, like there's worse things, but that doesn't mean that what I'm going through at the moment isn't hard and isn't like a valid thing to need to work through. Absolutely. Yeah. We can't put ourselves in someone else's position or try to invalidate what we're and invalidate what we're going through. Absolutely. Hey everyone. It's MP. Beyond the Crops is brought to you by two female entrepreneurs, and we wanted to be sure to take a break on each episode to highlight one of our small businesses. I'm a dairy farmer's daughter and crop farmer's wife, so farming has been part of my entire life. I love hearing stories from the generations before us, but wanted a way to preserve those stories for generations to come. So I created Grounded Journals. They're prompted journals for farmers and ranchers to easily record their memories and special moments. Today, I want to highlight the memoir, the perfect way for older generations on the farm or ranch to record their experiences. I thought the best way to highlight this journal would be to read you a review. The review is titled 100 Years of Memories, bought the book and brought it down to Florida with me when I visited my grandpa to start filling it out. He has farmed since he got home from World War II in Michigan. He will be 100 years old in July, so some of the early information is a little foggy, but it's great to get some of the answers written down. It's led to a lot of discussion about other events in his life that I had never heard about. Thank you for making such a great book. And I think this review really hit me because one of my hopes for the memoir was that it would spark meaningful discussion around stories that have maybe never been told. It's a way for us to find a deeper connection to the generations who went before us, and it's really amazing for me to see the journals being used by real farm and ranch families out there. You can check out Grounded Journals at the link in our show notes or shop at www.groundedjournals.co. So for me, probably the hardest part of postpartum is having to change roles. So with one kid, we really were kind of in a rhythm where we could do so much together and the gap between my two is almost three years. So, you know, you're like totally out of the baby phase, like doing a bunch of stuff with them. And I had to like accept that I was back into uh, I need to be mom, breastfeeding, all that stuff. But I think the thing to recognize is that your role can change throughout the seasons of motherhood and life. And if you're feeling like you need to be somewhere else, you need to communicate that with the people around you. So I guess to dive into that a little bit deeper, I really, really, really have been wanting to be more involved on the farm in the operations and like doing the stuff. And it, it has taken like a year and a half to kind of get to a place where I'm feeling more comfortable with my involvement, but it's been a constant communication thing for me to say, like, I want to be considered for these types of jobs and to be a part of it in the way I want. And I don't know. I just feel like that's been a big part of my journey lately and communication kind of is the, the key to all of it. Yeah, that's great advice because even you, I mean, my spouse is my best friend, but he absolutely cannot read my mind. A hundred percent. I don't know why sometimes we think that, oh, we'll just do these subtle hints and he's going to pick up what my feelings are. Like it's, it's not a thing. Mm-hmm. This this weekend we were really busy because rain was coming in and I was at home. It was Saturday, you know, home with the kids. And I just called my husband and I said, if there's anything that I can do to be helpful today, please, please, please let me know. And he said, okay, I'm just going to send out a text to the guys and say, MP is itching to help. Let's put her to work. And I was busy all day after that and so thankful <laughs> for it. So I don't know. It's, it's taken me a lot, a while to get to that point and to have them understand like, yes, I have the two kids, but I'm willing to like 
figure it out Mm -hmm. (laughs) and bring them with and do it. I think too, I've kind of realized that I feel like sometimes Levi has all these things on his mind too, but he's worried about my stress load, especially with a newborn that he doesn't want to quote unquote burden me with anything else. So I've started to be more intentional about what's on your plate. What can I take off of it? Is there anything you need to get out there? Because I feel like it's easy to get lost in the trenches of the kids and forget that your spouse is burdening burdening a lot too. And so checking in with them is so vital. Yeah. And I don't know, but I feel like there was, and I think it's totally, you're in a totally different season of life than I am right now. Like it's really different having a newborn, but I struggle more when I, when I'm sitting at, when I'm at home with the kids, like I need to be out doing stuff with them. And that helps my mindset in the season a lot. Oh, same. I actually just told Levi today because Crawford was out working with him all morning and then he came home and he ate a great lunch. And for some reason, he's our hardest eater. He just sometimes eats, sometimes doesn't. And he just wants to snack all day if he's inside. And I said, Levi, I think if he's in, if our kids are inside, they're bored and they just want to snack. But if they're outside doing something, everybody's day goes so much smoother. Yeah, I agree. Get them worn out. Get them outside. But also, I think the other point to make with the whole finding your role is um, don't ever look at someone on social media and think that what they're doing is what you should be doing because you're only seeing a very small portion of it and you have to find what's best for you and your family. Oh, absolutely. I'm so... I've been so guilty of that, especially the, the more active I've got gotten on social media, getting caught up in that. And it takes intention to talk yourself out of that and to realize that you cannot compare two farms, two families. They are all so very different and there's so much that's not shared. Mm-hmm. 100%. I should have said it earlier and mm-hmm. I have like a little tip. So I've seen this kind of floating around on social media and both my husband and I have shared it to each other without realizing it. But when you're feeling like, oh my goodness, these kids are driving me insane. Like, I don't know what to do and it's just too much. Think of yourself at 80 years old, going back and visiting your kids at this time in their life, and this is the only time you get with them. For some reason, that hit me like a ton of bricks the other day, and Mm -hmm. I was like, okay, I need to stop feeling this way, and we're going to have fun today. And it really helped change my perspective. What's changed my perspective a little bit is it's, I'm on my phone a lot, but we're also running three businesses from our phones. And so it's hard to not be on my phone a lot. I've tried to be more intentional with my time because I kind of pictured myself at 70, 80 years old. And I'm sure as heck, I'm not going to look back and be like, wow, I wish I would have answered a few more emails and been on my phone a little bit more when I was with my kids. Like I'm not going to be thinking that. And so I've, I don't want my kids memories of me to be mom staring at her phone while they're playing in the background. So I've tried to set more intentions with that. It is hard. I am by no means perfect, but it's thinking about that perspective in the future. What do we want our memories to be of our kids and our kids' memories of us? That has been a huge game changer for me too. Yeah. I think honestly, that could be a whole episode, just boundaries wise, Mm -hmm. like setting boundaries. I mean, I'm guilty of it too. It's hard. I did like decide on only having one email account on my phone. So the other ones I only check when I'm at my computer, but I almost want to take off the last one because I don't know about you, but I'll look at an email, but I won't respond to it till I'm on my computer. So I almost feel like I'm wasting time. It's like, okay, I know that that email's there and now that's on my mind, but I'm not actually responding to it until later. So why am I doing that to myself? You know? So maybe I'll do that today after this episode. I will go and take my emails off my phone because why? I have commitment issues and I don't know if I can do that yet, but I need, (laughs) I did add an app. It's called well spent to my phone. And I'm just trialing it out right now. Cause you can do, you can set, uh, like routines or something on it, set boundaries on it. So like it, I set it. So I don't want to be on Instagram more than an hour and a half a day. And so every five to 10 minutes when I'm on Instagram, it'll like give me a message. Sometimes they're inspirational and sometimes they're kind of snarky. Like you're going to turn into a (laughs) meme if you keep snaring at this phone or something like that. And that's awesome. Yeah. And then it, it, then it gives you the option, like keep scrolling or close Instagram. And then you, if you hit close Instagram, it'll just close it out. (gasps) You need to give me an update on how this goes for you. I know. Cause I I, might need to try that. Yeah. And it's made me be way more intentional knowing, okay, the app's going to start yelling at me. 
So what do I need to get done business-wise on Instagram today? I need to get that done now so I don't waste all my time just scrolling. That's great. I love that tip. Love it. Okay, so what can we leave the moms listening to this episode with? I've always done affirmations with my kids. Like, I'm smart, I'm kind, I'm important, those type of things. But, and I make them say, I can do hard things. And then I'm like, Jenna, you need to practice what you preach. You need to look in the mirror and say, I can do hard things. I'm a good mom. I'm a good wife. Yes, I'm in the trenches, but I am doing the best that I can in this moment with the resources that I have. And I think as women and moms in rural America, we get guilty of like getting in the trenches and thinking that we're alone and that we're doing a terrible job, but we're not. No, you're not. You're doing the best job for your kids, whether you think it or not. Just reminding ourselves that we were chosen to be the wife to our spouse and the mother of our kids in this exact moment in time in this little tiny town. I said, I would never live in like I was chosen for this moment for a reason. And I think just trusting God that there is a reason that I'm here with these little kids in the middle of nowhere. And, uh, remembering that that's what my purpose is. That's what I was meant for. Like, yes, it might be hard sometimes, but there's a reason. That is great. And I have like this thing that I was just reading that kind of is powerful. I can, I can read it if you want. So yes, it's just off of Pinterest. You can find it yourself. But anyway, (laughs) mama, you are given these children, you, no one else. You are given these children because you are who they need. You have the soul to love them. Even on their hard days, you have the motivation and love to give these children everything they need. You have the heart to wake up every morning and do it all over again. Even when you're exhausted, you have the smile that they crave and the touch to make everything. Okay. You are their sunshine and their comfort. You are theirs and they are yours, mama. On the days you are questioning yourself, remember this. You've got this. I love that. It kind of made me like tear up a little bit because- Tear up a little bit, yeah. Yeah, because it's like you realize like, man, we really are their everything. And they're ours too. And I just can't imagine life without them. Even though I didn't even know I wanted to be a mom. When I get caught up in my phone and social media, sometimes I look at them and like, I am their entire world. Am I serving them well? Amen to that. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode of Beyond the Crops. We hope you enjoyed it and feel some inspiration for mom life and finding your place on your operation. If you liked this episode, please don't hesitate to leave us our review and share with others who you think would love to listen in. See you next time. We wanted to give one more thank you to our launch sponsor, Precision Planting. Thank you for supporting us and believing in Beyond the Crops.